Let's find mm-hmm. ways to build more intimacy, to make it safer for vulnerability so we can really bond. Because when we're bonded together, we can do greater things. Mm. And that's, you know, that's the through line in this podcast is always this idea that we do personal development so that we can be in relationships right. so we can be of service. And this is kind of that middle part of like, how can we be in relationship with one another mm. so that we're strengthened by that relationship? Absolutely. So that we're not alone. Exactly. Exactly. Hello, Rocketeers. Welcome to the weekly podcast for people craving richer relationships, fulfilling community, healthier masculinity, and permission to create. Woohoo! If your relationship isn't bliss all the time, you're doing it wrong, right? That, of course, is nonsense. We get taught a whole slew of behaviors and attitudes packaged as strength or righteousness that actually inhibit joyful, lasting relationships. It's hard to unlearn those lies, but we here at Rocket Feather are working hard to help you have easier, more successful relationships with the people who matter to you. Stick around to find out how going for the win-win will revolutionize your experience of being in relationship. We're your hosts, Charles Matthews. And Kelly Robert. And we are on your side. Heck yeah, we are. Yeah, you can tell we're excited about this. Yeah. Yeah. All right, the tape is rolling. Check. Caffeine at optimal levels. Pretty good. The cats are secured. Mm-hmm. And the microphones are hot. Check that. We are Go, Go for, for Launch. So there's a whole lot of stuff, junk. Nonsense. Nonsense that we learn without even knowing about it. It's just part of the old strength paradigm, Mm -hmm. the old hierarchical paradigm that we pick up from being kids and being controlled by our parents. Swimming in the waters of... Yeah. What Bullshit. Is, yeah. What does Glennon Doyle talk about? A talk, just the toxic, toxic air. air. Yeah. 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 And part of that toxicity, part of that poison is this idea that everything is a win-lose situation. Mm-hmm. That everything is a zero-sum game. That anything I gain is at your expense. Nobody can win without somebody coming in second. Or, or last. dead last. Right. Yeah. And there's no, there's either winning or there's losing. I mean, there's mm-hmm. even talk about there is no such thing as second. It's or just tying. It's just, yeah. Right, like right. nobody right. likes it. And this paradigm, this way of thinking about the world essentially includes the idea that our success is made visible by those we leave in our wake. Ouch. Yeah. Leave, you know, eat my dust, um, you know, sucker. You know, all of that, all of that trash talking that mm-hmm. we see on the court actually shows up in our relationships. Ugh. And it it tells us that personal power is enhanced or displayed by how ably we are to get our own way. Mm. By how our hyper individualism is is held up by just bending others to our will. Yeah, it's like temper tantrums and children we hate but somehow like adults think it's okay to behave like that right because the, those adults have earned the right to win over and over again mm-hmm. and they've figured it out and so in relationships it shows up you know in the worst case right it shows up as physically abusive violent relationships mm-hmm. and those are all too common you know less 
obvious is, you know, they show up is, is manipulative relationships, coercive relationships, gaslighting places where usually women, but not always, but almost always women feeling and being unsafe, not in control. I mean, it's only been in the last couple of decades that it's been okay for women to have their own checkbooks. Right. Right. Yeah. And that was, that was a way for men to feel powerful and to feel like they were winning was to have more control in the relationship than, than the woman did. Yeah. Don't worry your pretty head. I'll take care of it. Right. Right. And then he either dies or right. fools around. How or many whatever, women, leaving. yeah, were left high and dry because they had no idea about the finances of the family. Right. Or just had to stay in the relationship mm-hmm. because the choice they was had so no bad for them to, and their children. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, kind of the intermediate case of how this win-lose paradigm shows up in relationships is this subtle contest for dominance with, you know, wrangling, arguing, passive aggressiveness. You know, how often even, you know, not even I, like I make a, oh, even I, um, you know, <laughs> I, you know, used to throw my girlfriends under the bus in front of other people to get a little bit of distance, to get yeah. a little bit of, of uh, dominance, to get a little bit of respect, quote unquote, from, from my mostly male peers or, you know, at least performing for the men that were in the room. Yeah. And then that leaves uh, women in general, but whoever's like losing in the power struggle to, to have to resort to manipulative, you know, sneaky ways of maintaining their power and autonomy and sense of self. And so, you know, there's all this undermining and backstabbing and, you know, uh, ugly Mm -hmm. stuff. Because when you have all your power taken away, you're, you don't have many options. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, I think about, you know, we can look at the way relationships were portrayed in like 50s sitcoms Mm -hmm. and it's like the men would be, you know, uh, threatening violence, you know, one of these days to the moon, Alice, Mm -hmm. and she would roll her eyes Mm -hmm. at him and kind of demean him passive aggressively. Like, exactly. Yeah. She would cut him, cut him down. Yeah. Yeah. Verbally. And that's yeah. not what we want. I mean, like we're, we're done with that. I hope, you know, like, yeah, like, let's, let's evolve past that. Let's get past the point where we're threatening violence, throwing each other under the bus or rolling eyes at each other. Let's find mm-hmm. ways to build more intimacy, to make it safer for vulnerability. So we can really bond because when we're bonded together, we can do greater things. Mm. And that's, you know, that's the through line in this podcast is always this idea that we do personal development so that we can be in relationships so we can be of service. And this is kind of that middle part of like, how can we be in relationship with one another Mm. so that we're strengthened by that relationship? Absolutely. So that we're not alone. Exactly. Exactly. Again, going back to what this win-lose paradigm does to relationships, one last way that it can show up in a relationship is that somebody is sacrificing. They believe that they're, that they're just supposed to keep their mouth shut and just kind of sacrifice their needs, their desires, their passions, their impulses, but that they are left with a little bit of resentment. Or a lot. Or a lot. Um, and that resentment obviously creates distance. And it's almost, again, it's almost mm-hmm. always the woman who sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's almost always the woman who sacrifices. We know the stories. We know the stories, yeah. And, you know, there's this constant scrabbling or wondering if we're always trying to win, if we haven't given up and just mm-hmm. sitting there. Yeah, if you're still fighting. If yeah. we're still fighting it out. 
And that produces cortisol and adrenaline. Like, am I up? Am I down? Am I winning right now? Yeah, you can't ever relax. You cannot ever relax. And you can't trust. Right. It does not build trust, does it? No. 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 And we're talking about, I love how... Uh, Simon Sinek talks about this in the build in the in the business situation, but it's really true in relationships. It's like there's basically four, you know, mood hormones, right? There's cortisol mm-hmm. and adrenaline, which are the which are the the flight or fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, adrenaline's the fight flight or freeze hormone. Uh, cortisol is more just kind of like steady state anxiety, heightened heightened attentiveness, heightened trauma response, all this stuff. So I know that when I've been in relationships and work relationships and and romantic relationships where there's been this win-lose paradigm going on, I'm just always adrenalized. My cortisol totally. is always flowing. I'm always just a little bit, I'm overly wary. I'm not relaxed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my teeth are gritted. I'm gr- I grind mm-hmm. my teeth in my sleep when I'm in those kinds of relationships. And it's just exhausting. Those chemicals draw down our stores of energy. Yeah, they're bad for us. They are bad for us. And it's just exhausting and lonely. Nobody's got each other's back in those kinds of situations. And even the subtlest kind of win-lose in a relationship, you might not feel it, but if you pay attention to really how you're existing in that relationship, really what's going on for you, you're going to notice that there's that underlying cortisol reaction, that underlying adrenaline just every now and then, or even just kind of a steady state, low flame. Right. Of like, you get used to, we get used to the craziest things, mm-hmm. but it builds up over time and, and you, it erodes our wellness over time. Our physical well-being. those chemicals are toxic and they can give us diseases and stuff. If we just, if we don't ever flush them out of the system. Right. They literally harden on the arteries in mm-hmm. our brain. Not good. And so not only is it bad for our physical health though, right? But it's like, it's bad for the relationship. I love this study from the Gottman Institute. You know, they spent four decades looking at relationships, measuring how people interacted and then comparing the length of their marriage or their relationship compared to, you know, what it looked like when they did the, the observation studies. And they showed that relationships that had elements of contempt or dismissiveness we're like five times more likely to be done mm. at five years rather yeah. than being able to get on to, to 10, 20, 40 years. Wow. So this kind of win-lose paradigm, which leads to notions of superiority, which leads to notions of contempt, mm. either either contempt from the passive-aggressive person who's Ooh. kind of giving up or the dominant person who's like making the other person less than. Yeah. It shortens well, I mean, our lives if you, and it shortens our relationships. Yeah. Think about that. I mean, if you beat somebody day after day after day, how can you love them? Or if you are beaten down, I don't, I don't mean physically, of course, but you know, mm-hmm. that goes without saying, but if you are constantly dunked yeah. on by your partner mentally and verbally and whatever. Right. How can you how can you just get enthusiastic about the relationship? And that's that's the toxic air that we're yeah. that we're breathing, right? It's like that's what we believe interpersonal interactions. That's what we used to believe. Mm. Interpersonal interactions are supposed to be like, but there can be a better way. Yeah. A way we, that builds power together, builds resilience in the relationship. And creates powerful, bonding, delicious chemicals. Oh, I like that. Mm. I like that. Are we going to be right back with that With that promise? Yes, indeed, we are. Awesome. We'll be right back with more from the Rocket Feather Podcast. 
So thank you so much for listening so far. We really work hard to try and take what Kelly and I have learned from our academic studies, our professional experiences, and we try and ground it in our lived experiences as a married couple, and then do our best to share it with you in a way that's uplifting, inspiring, and actionable. So hopefully we're, hopefully that's what's happening right now. And while we're taking a little break from this episode and getting ready to move on to part two, we'd love to encourage you to think about this podcast more like an entry point into community than a piece of passive entertainment. That's right. You can get more out of us. And we got, we got so much to give. We do. Just keep, just keep taking. Um, because when you take from us, when you receive from us, and then when you participate with us, we get way more back. So we love it. We love it. So, uh, join the rocket feather community lab, which is our Facebook group for active thinkers and feelers. In the lab, sometimes we're debuting content and ideas before they show up anywhere else. There's going to be some graphic design elements that are going to get debuted Mm -hmm. in the next week Mm -hmm. or two that you might want to check out there. And we even get ideas for episodes from the members. Uh, When the COVID crisis first started, we actually put a call out in the lab for who wants to who wants to talk about what they're going through who wants to talk about an element about what they're going through and we got uh, i think three different episodes from that discussion so we'd really love to hear from you there at the rocket feather community lab facebook group now back to part two of the rocket feather podcast episode 41 so what do we mean by a win-win relationship what is it not and what it what should it feel like? Right. So one thing I want to make clear, especially to the guys out there, is that searching for the win-win and engaging in win-win and cultivating win-win relationships, it's not soft. It's not weak. It's not compromise. Mm. It's not lowering the bar. It's not curtailing your expectations to please somebody else. Uh, it's not like if I go to dinner with your family, then you let me go out to the sports bar. Right, right. Yeah, right. It's not bargaining. It's not bargaining. Yeah. It's not bargaining. There may be, we'll talk later about how with some work, one can get, you know, both sets of needs met or at least recognized. Mm-hmm. Um, but it shouldn't be some sort of competition where you're trying to push chips back and forth across the table. Yeah, and keeping score and all of that. Right. That's right. exhausting, keeping score. And it's also not win-win is not codependent. And right. this is an important point. It's not about uh again kind of bargaining but making deals in mm-hmm. order to get love back. Right. That shouldn't be happening. That's mm-hmm. not good. That's not healthy. If you find yourself thinking, well, if I do this for him or her, he or she will love me more or I'll be safer. I won't be abandoned. Right. Then you probably have some deeper work to do about how you attach to somebody else. Definitely. It's really good that you've noticed that. I mean, like cheers, Mm -hmm. fantastic, good job. And, you know, again, I'm always referring people to David Reiko's book, How to Be an Adult or How to Be an Adult in Relationship. There's some, it's almost, it's a little bit, like a Cosmo quiz in some places (laughs) because he talks about how to tell if you're in a codependent relationship. Which would be handy to know. It would be handy to know. So check that out. 
And being in a win-win relationship is also not just holding your tongue and repressing your needs and desires. Mm-hmm. It's really about win-winning, not lose-losing. No. Right? That all of, all Everybody's of, just keeping it under wraps and everybody's miserable. No. Right. And people talk about, you know, relationships involve sacrifice. And I think we need to recontextualize yeah, that. Yeah, let's think about that. Relationships involve work. And so this is kind of what I want to talk about, how it should feel, how win-win mm-hmm. should feel feel. It should feel like you are working hard. But like in a good way. In a good way. Like Like when you've gone to the gym and you worked out, you feel like a badass. Exactly. Exactly. It should feel like you're doing something good for yourself and good for your relationship. It should feel big and bold and expansive. Like more is happening Mm -hmm. for you. More is coming through you. You are not smaller. You are bigger. And you have more capacity, more capacity for loving and being present and being there in a way that you can't when you're just kind of looking out for yourself. Absolutely. You should feel connected, engaged, and you should feel so dedicated and committed that it almost brings tears to your own mm. eyes. You feel so powerful, like, oh, just you should feel badass yeah. doing this kind of win-win. So that's kind of the end goal, right? That's the that's the learning expectation, right? right. Is, that, is that when we practice this, we should feel these big, bold, expansive, heart-opening feelings and yeah. sensations. You'll know it's working when you feel that, wow. Yeah. 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 And I think, I mean, I'm at the point where I bring you a smoothie when you're working you hard. You do. And I know you're working. It's like a little thing, but oh my I, gosh. I set that smoothie down in front of you. You give me a smile, and I walk out of there, and I'm slapping high fives. It's They're just like delicious too. But it's you, you're good. I'm glad. I'm glad. And the but I just know king. I know that I'm doing it right. I yeah. know that I'm adding to the relationship, and that I am being bigger. I know you guys are laughing out there right now. I know it's just like, it's such a small thing, but the intention with which I do that act, and we'll talk more about what it took me to get there Mm because it didn't, it didn't come right away, which is why it feels like high fives now. It's like, it's like I, I put in the practice, I did the effort, I got the coaching and you know, now I'm able to perform on the court. You know, we've just finished watching the last dance on Netflix. We're all about the basketball right now. There's going to be some basketball uh, metaphors for sure. Anyway, so that's, that's what it should feel like. So why adopt a win-win mentality? Right, because it is because it is work, right? You yeah. could just you why could just, do the work? Why do the work? Why do the work? Uh, well, I think the you know the Gottman Institute, like I said, makes it really clear kind of what the trade-off is. It's right. Like, you know, either do this work to reduce ideas of contempt and superiority, or just risk being alone. Yeah. Do you want to stay married? Do you want to stay married? Do you want to stay in a relationship? Or do you want to just keep you know running out the clock? Uh, yeah. Five years. Uh, we're done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So doing the work to build this win-win culture in your own relationship. Yeah, it's a culture. It is That's a culture. the word we were yeah, looking for. Yeah. And it's so strange. You know, one of the things that I'm working on now is the idea of a, of a talk, of maybe even a keynote about bringing kind of corporate leadership ideas and corporate culture mm-hmm. ideas into your relationship. The corporate development folks have been working their butts off to figure out how leadership should work, how communication should work, how we can build better work teams, uh, create values, all this stuff. And it's like th- that stuff works in relationships. And actually something we should have said earlier is this podcast that we're talking about right now, these concepts 
Oh, no, we're going to talk about that in a second. We're going to talk about that very soon. Cancel that. Reverse Cancel it. That. Reverse it. Hold mm-hmm. on. Don't hold. Just hold on. So, <laughs> but yeah, the, the payoff of doing this extra work is that not only is it going to prevent your relationship from failing, right? Because we don't want to. That would be nice. We don't want to look at the trees. We want to ski between the trees. Yeah. So look between the trees. <laughs> Looking at a failed relationship is not, you know, not a good way to avoid failing. But it's actually going to increase the good chemicals. So oxytocin. Yummy. Yeah, it's the bonding chemical. It's the chemical you get in your brain when you hug, yes. when you make love, when you go for a walk when you outside. Cuddle and pet mm-hmm. the ant, furry animals. Yeah, and... when you sing, when you drum, all of mm. those things that make us just unexplicably happy. Our best selves. Our best are selves. The best parts of being human. Yep. Yep. So that uh, that comes when. We do the work to create the win-win situations that create togetherness, unity, and bonding. Mm. So I like oxytocin way better than I like adrenaline and cortisol. Yes. So that's I'm willing to do that. Me yeah. too. So what are some of the ways that we could build a win-win relationship? Right. So there's three components that we've identified that you can use to create that win-win relationship, that win-win culture that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. And so the first component, you ready? The first component Sock it to me. is the idea that your relationship is a thing. A thing. It's not just a concept. It's not just the two of you, the two of you coming together or the three of you or the four of you. We're, we're However you roll. However we're you not, roll. yeah, we're right. not going to judge. And actually, you know, it, it, this, this is for the whole family as well. If you exactly. have kids, whatever, but for the most part, we're going to be talking about a, a one-on-one a marriage type relationship, marriage type but it does yep. apply to friendships. It applies to yes. any, yes. any meaningful relationship. Yeah. So any, it's, it's kind of miraculous. Any intentional coming together of two humans produces a third thing, the relationship. And if we think that the relationship is just, is just the two of us, we're missing out on some important ideas, right? The, the relationship actually has its own energy, mm-hmm. it has its own needs, it has its own goals, or it should, and it has its own purpose, or it should. And, you know, one story about that, I wish I could remember who was telling it, I think it was Connie Schultz, who's uh, married to the senator from Ohio, I think she was talking to Terry Gross about this, that one day, uh, she wanted to go work out in the garden, he wanted to finish the chapter of his book, but the relationship wanted to go for a walk. Right. So she was able to recognize that and she went and went and grabbed Sherrod Brown, her her husband, and they went for a walk. And that's I that's a very useful paradigm, a very useful way to think about the relationship. Of course, of course, each of you in the relationship have your own individual and individualistic needs. Some you want to sleep, you want to eat, you want to go hang out, you want, I mean, God, being with yeah, another you person need, all you the time. You need to is talk, exhausting. you need quiet time, you need, yeah. Yep. Yep. I want to play video games. I want to watch my own Netflix show. Right. You know, what all of those are valid. And instead of trying to, I mean, what makes it easier for me is instead of trying to invalidate my desire to watch my own Netflix show or play a video game or sleep in or whatever, instead of trying to invalidate that, which it does violence to me, which is a win-lose paradigm. You want what you want. I want what I want. 
but sometimes I'm able to pay attention to, oh, the relationship. Right. Not Kelly, because I don't want to put it on you. Right. Because then it's like, oh, man, I I got up and fed the cats yesterday morning and I got to do it again today. Come on. Right. Not fair. Right. So, yeah, exactly. If I put it on you, then we're back in win-lose, right. right? It's like if I... But you're paying into the relationship bank account. Yes. Right. So if I say, okay, the relationship wants me to go outside and work in the yard alongside Kelly, even though that's not mm-hmm. what I want to do right now. Or the relationship wants me to leave the house so that Kelly has some time on her own. <laughs> Whatever <God>. it is. <laughs> okay, good hint. Um, so by by ascribing, letting the relationship be a thing that has its own needs and wants. It's like it, a character. It's a character. It's, a, it's, it's its own being of some sort. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it means that the instead of making sacrifices, I'm paying into it just exactly yeah. like you said. Instead of sacrificing or being codependent with you, I am being in relationship with the relationship essentially. Exactly. And it's not like you're you're kowtowing to me or what you know, it's like right. to neither one of us is knuckling under to the other. Right. We're paying into our shared account so that a, well, anyway, I think we're going to say that yeah. stuff later. I'm going to yeah. shut up now. And whatever, what the giving to the relationship, it's easier to be joyful and open for me. Totally. It's easier to be joyful and open to give yeah, to Yeah, this has helped us a bunch of times. Yes, because it's something bigger. It's like patriotism. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, sacri- you know, doing service to the country. It's like doing mm-hmm. service to the community. It's something bigger than me. It's something bigger than you. It's And it's inspiring. It's inspiring. Absolutely. And we talked in previous podcasts and in some of the blog posts and social media posts about the, again, bringing in ideas from the corporate culture into relationships. A relationship should have a set of values that it's operating by. Mm -hmm. A relationship ideally has some sort of greater purpose or what um, Simon Sinek calls a just, Simon Sinek calls a just cause. Yeah. It might be parenting kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can't only be parenting kids because what happens when they leave home? Right, so it's right. like, that's a time, that's a yeah, time you for a relationship to that. find a new just cause that's done mm-hmm. together. That's, that's done together. And doesn't even necessarily mean that both, anyway, we're getting too deep into that, yeah. but um, have a just cause, have values in the relationship, have a strategic plan for the relationship. It sounds excessive, but really like, Spend a little time on that. Absolutely. It's, it, it makes a big difference. One of the lies we are told is that we know how to be in relationship. Right. We have to build it for ourselves. Right. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's no manual. Um, and, it, and, and it takes what work. Somebody, what works for some other couple is not going to work for you. Yeah. What works for us is not going to work for you. And what works for you is not going to work for us. For us, you have to build it based on the two people who are in the relationship. Right. So that's component one, or that's part one of changing your mindset. So component one is changing your mindset. Part one of that is your relationship is a thing. The second part of component one is to go hunting. We'll draw a diagram later. <laughs> Don't overpromise. Um, well, you're a graphic designer. You can you I can draw the draw diagram. Diagram. So go hunting and be intentional about actively looking for understanding. And this, this is work, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's way easier for me not to be thinking about you, Kelly. It's way easier for me not to be trying to imagine your motivations, your needs, your wants. It's way easier for me to just make a bunch of assumptions or stories about what they are. 
But if I'm an if I'm a hunter, mm-hmm. I want to know. Exactly. Yeah. And if you are gonna bother being married to somebody or being best friends with somebody, you might as well find out what's going on with them. Right. So actively developing understanding by asking questions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, not, shouldn't be that hard, but sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. Another way. But it gets easier. Yeah. Another way to hunt is to throw a net, Mm. throw a net of compassion and support all the way around you and your partner in the relationship. Mm. Sounds cozy. It does sound cozy. If you like being hunted and thrown in a net. (laughs) Um, But instead, so extend one's own compassion and understanding all the way around. So that, and this is really useful because that means that Kelly's win, Kelly's happiness, Kelly's success, Kelly's growth belongs to me as well as it does to her. It belongs to the relationship as well Mm -hmm. as it does to her. So throw a net all the way around that and do that really intentionally. And you're going to have to do it over and over and over again. If If you're anything like me, you're a selfish piece of jerk. Um, So step outside of that, throw that net around everybody. Notice that the net is all the way around and take a deep breath. Awesome. Got it. Mm -hmm. And keep hunting for opportunities for both you and your partner to grow and go for that win-win. How can I get a win-win? How can I find out more? How can I throw that net and how can I get a win-win? And I'm, uh, you can hear the energy in my voice. You can't see this, but I'm shaking my finger. This is an active process. Yes. This is what process that you do every time you can remember to do it. And it gets more fun the more you do it, the more you go hunting and the more you look for that win. It gets, you know, it's like hunting for, what are those? The Pikachu, the. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot the word. Whatever they were. Yeah. But yeah, it's bunny, like. W- bunny wabbits. Bunny wabbits. <laughs> Um, yeah, the Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon. I knew it would come to me. Yeah. It's sort of like that, you know, they're, they're not really there, but you can find them. Right. And then you get a big dopamine hit when you find them. Right. This is the other chemical we haven't talked about the dopamine. Mm -hmm. I think that's why I'm so excited about the hunting because it does give me that reward chemical, the, the same chemical you get for checking off something on your list. Frankly, the same chemical you get for snorting cocaine. Not that I would know, um, but uh, that's, you know, that's awesome. And all of that, all of that active hunting means that it's your partner is going to feel like you're engaged and you are safe to go hunting together. Yes. Now enough dopamine is flowing. Maybe there's even some oxytocin and bonding comes from exploring. And let me just tell a little, I mean, one of the stories for Kelly and I around this is like, we determined relatively early on in our relationship that we have both been terrible at taking care of our finances. Oh, we were the worst. And instead of just letting that be, we decided to be really intentional about taking care of our finances because it was important, not to each of us, it's like, I would rather ignore it and deal with the consequences. I don't know what do you what before uh, before yeah. you would rather just sort of be anxious. And I did the minimal, yeah, yeah, the yeah. minimum necessary yeah. to get by. So I just want to spend all my money and and figure out how to make a lot of money. Um, Kelly wants to uh, do the minimum and be anxious about it, but the relationship wanted us 
to be thoughtful and careful about our finances. Right. Because I couldn't relax with a shared financial life, not knowing, you know, what you're, what you were doing with the money. And, you know, if we weren't on the same page, that creates a lot of stress and a lot of, uh, opportunity not to trust each other and a lot of chances for us to drive off into the ditch. Right. So we got really curious. We got really into talking to one another, hunting each mm-hmm. other's understanding about not just what we wanted to do with finances, but how we felt about finances. My previous history about it, the way I felt when we're penny pinching, mm-hmm. the way you feel when things are out of control, the way I feel when things are out of control. We got it all out in the open. We hunted hard. This is a little yeah. bit more like digging for truffles, right? It's right. like pulling that stuff off the off the roots of the trees. And then we extended that net of compassion around each other. Yeah. Like we know that when it's tax time or we're doing some, you know, financial maneuver that we're both going to be a little bit more sensitive than usual. Absolutely. And we might, you know, feeling the feels come up. Yeah. They do not go away. No. Yeah. But we know that. So we don't freak out and we don't, you know, pour salt on each other's situations Right. Because we know that we're doing the best we can and we're we've done enough work to try to get on the same page that we can mostly stay there. And now we actually bond instead of this. Yes. Finances are one of the number one stressors in a relationship. I can't imagine doing finances with someone I didn't trust. Yeah. And who didn't who I doubted whether they cared for me or not. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Sharing a financial life. Yeah. So this is this. So it creates a virtuous spiral, right? It's like, so uh, we talked enough so that you felt like you could trust me. Mm -hmm. And now we feel comfortable enough to sit down next to one. Because I didn't I didn't feel comfortable doing this early on. This Mm -hmm. this was was scary to sit down and do a budget and stick to a budget was not comfortable for me. Mm -mm. It triggered all kinds of other stuff. And now I look forward to it. Now we every Wednesday night, this is one of our value habits. We sit down and go through the budget, import all the transactions into YNAB. Oh, we're not quite there yet. What are we not? We're not on action yet. Okay. Well, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but this is an example. Yeah. And this is an example of hunting together. Yes. So we've extended the net around one another. We've extended the net of compassion around one another. And now we can hunt together for uh, sharing each other's experience and, and creating safety for one another and creating a win-win. We get to like put money in each other's spending categories Uh, and like, Oh, Charles can buy a book now. Oh, Kelly can go thrift shopping now. Um, and that releases oxytocin. I feel really happy now when I used to feel so much cortisol, so much adrenaline, so much anxiety when we would talk about finances. Now I feel oxytocin. Now I feel hugs. Yeah. Hugs. Yeah. That's good. So it took, it took years to get yeah, there. And it it's didn't still, happen overnight. I mean, we still work on it for yeah. sure. It's not like it's over, yeah, but we talked about the great, the great tablet debacle, I think in a previous oh, episode. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're still working on it, but, but we have but a framework. The, the great tablet debacle lasted. Oh my how gosh. Long? Not a few very, hours? At most. Yeah. At most. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. now we're back to now we're back to hunting together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We've got tools for working through it. So we're we're still talking about changing the mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Three components to changing the mindset. Your relationship is a thing. 
go hunting. And then last is how you frame it, how you continue to frame it for yourself. And this is, this is your thing. And I, I love it. Tell yeah. Me it. Well, one thing that, that I read, I, I like to think that I get one thing out of every book I read <laughs> and I feel yeah. like a win. Um, the book, the power of unconditional love by Ken keys jr is a really good relationship book. And the one thing that I retained from it is the idea of having a preference instead of, you know, my way of doing things being right and everybody else is being wrong, Inco which incorrect as incorrect David, as, as David shit would say, no, David Rose would say. Rose. Yes. Yeah. And we're both in love with David Rose. Um, it, and I, you know, I've said it before. I was raised by German Lutherans. It was all about doing it right. And so I have, uh, and I have some OCD and, you know, I have very specific ways of doing things and it's very easy for me to get caught up in that and think it needs to be done this way, not that way. But I always come back around to this idea of preference. And it's really what I found is it's really freeing to think I prefer things this way or I prefer to do, you know, X, Y or Z in a certain way, but thinking in terms of preference instead of right and wrong, it's another way of saying win-win because yes. it makes, I can still have my way and yes. I don't have to be right or wrong. It's just what I like. And, and then Charles gets to have his way also. Uh both and both and exactly yeah. exactly so as long as i'm thinking this is my preference the emotional response to seeing it done another way is not that's wong i don't like it you know i hate this it's just you different. know it's i don't get the cortisol right and wrong you get the cortisol squirt and preference <sighs> it's like nah yeah. you know it's not what I, I wouldn't do it like that, but it's no big deal. Right. Right. And then it doesn't set up this fight. Right. So, uh, the idea of, of how you go about, you know, the household tasks, there are an infinite number of arguments to have about household tasks. And so you try on preference and see if that makes it a little easier. The other one is when we went to counseling before we got married, our, our beloved therapist, Bill Rubin, talked about he's the tidy one in the relationship. And apparently his wife is not so tidy. And he framed it in his mind when he would come home and see a trail of whatever across the floor. Um, my beloved has been here. And I have to use that sometimes. <laughs> And I try to remember that. So it's the framing, the idea of yeah. how can you frame the thing that annoys you in a different way so that it isn't right and wrong, so win the, and lose. So the socks on the floor are evidence of your beloved's presence. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Your, yeah. your beloved is still with you. Yeah. Right. Not everybody can say that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I often think someday I might find this endearing. <laughs> So there's, 
So there's, again, this is, we're still on changing your mindset, three components of changing your mindset, which is the relationship is a thing, go hunting and change how you frame it so that you are working your butt off to deny the toxicity that you grew up in around feeling better when it's a win-lose and learn how to feel not just better, but awesome when you actively are working to create win-win situations in real time, in your head, right? wherever, wherever they need to happen. And I just want to say, you know, you might get a dopamine hit when you get a, when you get a, a sick burn on your baby, but you know what? Win-win can become very addictive and very delicious. So just, yeah. you know, try giving it up for a month and see how, see how you feel. Great. Well, let's, uh, let's come back with component two. We did three parts to component one. <laughs> and now we got to come back to component two in just a second of making it more concrete, taking action. We've talked about changing, changing the mindset through all that reframing and yep. everything. And now how, what, how does that, we, we referred to it already a little bit about creating habits. Mm -hmm. Thinking we'll is more. good, but acting is where it's at. Absolutely. We'll be right back with more relationship advice from a couple of dum-dums. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again for listening. If this kind of discussion is interesting to you, may we suggest that you go all the way back to episode four with Tony Himes. He's a gestalt therapist who puts an intense and beautiful spin on the act of being present for one another. We cried and smiled and laughed so much while we were recording that episode or listen to episode 20, where we first started sharing our relationship tips. And if you find this podcast helpful or valuable to you, especially during COVID times, would you leave a testimonial comment or review on Apple Podcasts for us? We produce this podcast for free with no ads, so it would mean a lot to us to get your feedback and comments. Okay, now back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about win-win and oxytocin and the hug chemical mm -hmm. and how to create relationships that are going to be sustainable, that are going to last rather than falling apart in contempt and superiority and win-lose paradigms. So how do we go for the, how do we go for the win-win, the win-wing? I actually put win-wing on the outline, which I like. Uh, so we have to build habits. And we have to build systems. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I'm really learning lately is that when we've grown up in this toxic era, again, that Glennon Doyle talks about, all of our automatic behaviors are most, most of them are just bad, whether mm. they're behaviors or thoughts around racism, sexism, homophobia, whatever, that implicit bias, you know, that kind of like toxic it's behavior. It's a conditioned response. It's a conditioned response. So we have to, we can't rely on ourselves to be our best selves all of the time. And especially when the chips are down, especially when there's stress. Oh so we have to gosh. put systems in place. We have to put habits in place to bolster us, to help hold us up, to be our best selves when it's hard. And to make those decisions ahead of time, which you're always talking about of like, let's decide it now and then we just have to do it and it's easier right exactly and we know that decision making is just exhausting i mean if you haven't paid attention to that it's decision making is just exhausting think about the difference between if somebody tells you what they'd like for breakfast versus standing in front of the refrigerator wondering 
what to make them. Oh, it's the worst when you're hungry. Yeah, exactly. And planning ahead like this also gives you and your beloved more time to information build, to, to get the, the curiosity to do that hunting. Mm-hmm. Like, what is going on here? What are the emotions that are coming up? What is happening? What's the story behind it? What's the it? story? Yeah. Right. So, again, going back to the financial stuff, it's like we spent time talking to one another about our past yeah, <laughs> mistakes. What, and, yeah, what money meant to us. And, yeah. Yeah. So, if we had tried to have that conversation while we were dealing with Ugh. the tax bill, uh-uh. while we were trying to decide whether to buy meds for the cat oh. or to buy podcast equipment, um, or when the car had broken down and we were stressed out, mm-hmm. that would not have, that's not the time to do that. There's no, there's no emotional space to do that then. Mm-mm. So we did the, we did the talking ahead of time in order to create a plan, a budget that we now talk about on every Wednesday night when mm-hmm. things are relaxed. We know it's coming up. It's not a surprise. Okay, we we got these expenses coming up. Okay, which one, which ones match our values the most? Mm-hmm. Which ones fit with our plan for our relationship, our financial plan? Okay, I'm noticing as we talk about moving money from savings into spending I feel anxious or I feel happy or I feel excited. Right. But there's sick to my stomach. There's the space to talk about it and deal with it because it's not in the moment of the crisis. Right. Just because I feel that way doesn't mean I have to act out of it. Right. Or you can say, and then we dig into it. Exactly. Exactly. So things like systems, like I should say, not just things, systems like menu plans Mm -hmm. for those of us who have issues around food, especially, but it's just just so much easier. Get those, get those decisions made early on and you're done for the week, right? Budgeting, uh, making plans for savings, making plans for the, the, the precious thing that you really want, the new camera that I really want for Mm -hmm. the podcast. It's like, okay, I can't buy that. I really want to buy it right now. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I want to buy so it right much. now. And to get that dopamine, but instead I'm going to go for the oxytocin and with you slowly build up that account until we can afford an awesome SLR that can do high resolution video. Nice. Just saying. Uh, chores, making sure those are planned out. We know what's happening. Yeah, and and the reframing around that, I always say it's like, I don't like the word chores because it's got such a negative connotation, but we're all contributing something to the household. Yep. And that's really important. But we divvy them up and and we each have our our tasks and you know, some some of them we're very good at and stay on top of. And I probably need to mop the kitchen floor sometime this quarter. But um That would be a preference. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, home, home tasks, chores, whatever, that's a great place for me to fall into win-lose paradigms. Mm-hmm. Like I am, I have been told all of my life that I'm a little, well, not been told all my, my mother told me that I was lazy mm-hmm. and I probably was, but, um, and you know, there was no amount of work that I could do in the home that would have helped her enough as a single mom. Right. So I'm always making up that I am not doing enough and I also don't really like doing it. I'm not a big fan of chasing hairs around the rim of the toilet bowl or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. It's just, it never, I never really get a lot of dopamine 
from no. cleaning. It's never satisfying. Um, so I have now that I know that I'm doing it for the relationship, mm-hmm. not for Kelly, because that would create resentment. Right. Even as I'm doing it, but doing it for the relationship because I said I would, because it's in the plan. Right. Then I get out of that. And I was a hunter a couple of months back. I was feeling like I wasn't doing enough. I was making up all kinds of stories about how I was losing. I don't know why there's any kind of win lose in this, but that I wasn't doing enough that I was falling down the hierarchy of in the relationship and that Kelly was probably developing some sort of superiority and resentments about the, about the housework. And I just said, Kelly, do you feel like it's equal? Do you feel like it's equitable what I'm doing and what you're doing? And she said, yes, I don't know that you gave it as much thought as I had, yeah. as I had put into it before like, I no, asked. We're fine. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going with that. I'm going mm-hmm. with, you know, by being a hunter for information. Right. Yeah. And, and we kind of have divvied it up to the stuff that we can stand to do. And that's good. But recently it changed and right. we just made an adjustment right. and we talked about it on another podcast. It, it bears, uh, that's part of the hunting is to check in periodically and make sure the plan still holds and make adjustments if it, if they need to be made. Absolutely. So we're in, we're in part, we're in component two. Action. Taking action and t- building habits and systems. We love systems. The second part of that is taking, the second part of the second part is to take time to celebrate even small accomplishments. This mm-hmm. is really important for supporting the win-win because again, this is not You got to notice when you have a win-win. You got to notice because it's not what we grew up with. Right. We need to get the reward. We need the dopamine. Mm-hmm. We need the high five. We need the little celebration, which releases that brain chemical that we yep. need that we can't get along without. Yeah, like the A is just what you're supposed to be doing. So it doesn't matter whether you worked hard for it or not. You're just supposed to get A's on your report card. Right, exactly. It doesn't bear remarking. Right, and that's a that's a great example because it's like even though we've created a habit that every Wednesday night we go through the budget, it still needs to be celebrated. Yes, even we though that's did just that exactly. Even once in a while, just, we forget. <laughs> so once in a while. So even though that's just the baseline behavior mm-hmm. that's expected, you know, by our relationship at this point, we still need to celebrate that Heck and give yeah. each other a high five. Adulting win. Adulting win, absolutely. And then the second part of this the th- i'm getting all confused yeah again. i'm sorry we'll make so a- part three of part two express gratitude yeah so when i take kelly the smoothie because she's working harder than or I better am yet when you bring me coffee first thing in the morning yeah yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. i'm doing that because the relationship is asking for it i'm doing that because i want to be a hunter for my sweetie's well-being and throw a net around her. Mm-hmm. So I, I shouldn't need anything like I'm doing it. It's I'm, I am intrinsically motivated, but when Kelly says, thank you, thank you, thank you. I get a shot of oxytocin. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I thank Kelly, when she makes the bed or when she cooks dinner, I get a shot of oxytocin. Expressing gratitude and relief and receiving gratitude both are valuable. 
and it reinforces the behavior that we want to see, right? Totally. It's a little bit like being a being a rat and being handed a piece of cheese, right? Definitely. Like, I'm going to keep doing that because I just got the cheese. That's well, and awesome. how many times have we been in other relationships or situations, whether it's work or, or personal relationship, where the things that you did for someone else were never noticed or remarked upon? The terrible thing is that that's one way to be in a win-lose. Yeah. To not thank somebody is to imply that you are in the higher position. Yeah, you don't that have that's to. that's just expected. The king mm-hmm. doesn't say thank you. The queen doesn't say thank you. You know, the boss doesn't say thank you. That's just expected. Yeah, but that's an old rule. That's not, I don't think that's... That's a crap rule. Yeah, that's, that's a, crap a crap rule. rule. So by expressing... I, th- I think there's a there, there's some bad toxicity in the air around expressing gratitude as if it's lowering yourself to the person who just served you when really it's creating powerful bonding and, and getting the getting the behavior that you want to see. Definitely. So we've got the mindset and we've got the action. What else? So you want to enjoy it. This what? is the fun part. That's crazy. This is the fun. So change your mindset, take action, do all the hard work, and enjoy it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because if we don't enjoy it, if we don't notice the outcomes, if we don't notice, well, instead, I'm going to talk about going between the trees instead of looking at trees. Right. When we notice the ease, yeah. when we notice the sense of safety, <sighs> notice that you're butthole isn't <laughs> clenched as much, right? Totally. Notice, notice that yeah. you feel more at ease and more, hopefully, probably more powerful. Mm-hmm. When we're not walking around on eggshells, when we're not spending a ridiculous amount of energy on making decisions in the heat of the moment, when we've got systems in place that make things easier for us, when we're expressing and receiving gratitude Mm. and getting that dopamine and getting that oxytocin, we are capable of so much more. My ability to be an, an entrepreneur this late in my life is because of the relationship that I'm in. I could not do this alone. My ability to run a nonprofit on a wing and a prayer at Boys to Men was fun because Kelly was involved. Mm. Not just not just keeping the home fires burning, but actually involved as a partner in a lot of what we were doing together. Adulting is challenging. Oh my gosh. Getting out of bed, finding the kitchen. That's hard. Remembering how to make coffee remembering how to make breakfast, all of that is hard. So what can we do to make it easier for one another to lower kind of the cost of entry in relationship by creating this win-win, by creating the, the you know, changing the mindset, becoming a hunter, throwing the net around everything and getting those habits in place and expressing gratitude so that we can have more fun and enjoyment together. Mm. We do the self-actualization and the self-improvement so that we can be in relationship, so that we can be of service. Love it. So we hope that the win-win way sounds good to you. And we'd love to hear your story if you give any of our suggestions a try. So just remember to wrap up, win-win happens, gets created. It doesn't really happen. It takes work. Yeah. When both people feel like their needs are met, and or both people feel like their needs are understood. Sometimes mm-hmm. the need doesn't get met. Sometimes it's just like, like, I don't really want to save money. That doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't really meet my need. I don't want to spend it all the time. Mm. But I know that Kelly knows that about me. I don't have to fight for it anymore. I don't have to hide it. 
I don't have to be ashamed yeah. about it. It's been validated and we have a plan in place that lets me spend when when we've raised enough money. Exactly. And the same time we're saving money. So Yes, yeah, so I mean the win-win really is both people get to be who they are, be seen, and then the relationship as its own entity kind of once you know what the rules are, you know, both people are working in service of the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. What the preferences are even. Yeah. If we, we don't even yes. necessarily have to call them rules. Exactly. Right. When the relationship's needs are met. And then that, all of that validation and all of that understanding and all of that being an active hunter rather than a passive grumbler mm-hmm. means that we just get oxytocin. We get the hug chemical. We yeah. are bonded. We are in it together. And yeah. we are able to do more. Going for the win-win. It's not soft. Mm-mm. It's not passive. You gotta it's, be. You gotta be a warrior. It's not surrender. It yeah. is like I'm gonna go out there and make this relationship work. It's active, powerful, and bold. And just one more time, the three components. Which three are you asking? The three main components. The big ones. Change your mindset. Take action, and then notice and enjoy the outcome. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that was delicious. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. I'm guessing Charles enjoyed it. He looks very happy over there. So we have some great conversations in the works for you. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to do that. Coming up, we have Melanie Boniat. Melanie's the owner of Wingspace Coworking, which is a, a relatively new entrepreneurial effort on her part. She's bringing together all of kind of the smartest, most engaged people who need a space to to work and share and network. So we're really interested in talking to her about that. But she's doing more than just providing workspace for people. Yeah, she's she's running uh, entrepreneurship boot camps and business boosts and business learning. It's a hub. It's a community. Mm -hmm. It's a community of people who are working to get things done. So we're looking forward to talking to her about how she pivoted uh, around this COVID thing, mm. how, as you point out, she's actually providing more services. This is a story that keeps coming up. She didn't pull back. She's actually providing more during COVID. So we're really interested in talking to her about that. And she's also uh, a painter and I think a photographer. So oh my gosh. there's a whole like graphic design artist thing going on in there before. Plus she's just awesome. Plus she's just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then we are also going to talk with Colby and Kate Martin, who we met when Charles did his TED Talk. Yeah, so Colby did a TEDx talk on sin. Yeah, it was actually great. Colby and, and Kate are are uh, a couple of pastors from San Diego, and Kelly and I are not religious people. We are not organized religion folks no, at all. No, uh, but we're inviting, we're really excited to talk to Colby and Kate. In particular, Colby wrote a book called The Shift about his personal path from conservative Christianity to progressive Christianity and what that took. Mm. And I think there's a there's a huge story in there, not just about that, but about, you know, what is the path from regular and or toxic masculinity toward healthy masculinity? Mm-hmm. What is the path for our country from, mm-hmm. you know, dysfunctional Being divisive and yeah, crazy yeah. To toward toward a you know a healing inclusive, inclusive. Yeah. yeah 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 
So I'm hoping he can just tell us how to do it and then we'll just right. be able to... Right, and then we'll be done. We'll be done. It'll be great. And we won't have to do this podcast anymore. I know. Wow, that would be sad. Well, we can just... We'll pivot the podcast to just talking about um, 30 Rock and... And uh, Schitt's Creek. Schitt's Creek. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. It'll be great. And we're also going to talk to Charles's old college friend, Laura Fitton, who is also a remarkable person with a ton of experience and a lot of really interesting current stuff going on. Yeah. Laura invented her own major at Cornell University. <laughs> of course she of did. Of course she did. She was in something called the College Scholar Programs that allowed her to do that. And she's basically just lived that life since then. She was an early adopter of Twitter, wrote the book Twitter for Dummies, you know, counseled, you know, the big tech entrepreneurs about how to make money off of Twitter uh, and has, you know, is raising a couple of kids, but she's also been doing a lot of work. She's again been pivoting. She's been working her butt off, created a company that, uh, or a nonprofit that helps source personal protective equipment from uh, everybody who's sewing masks or 3D printing things and, you know, ramping up uh, uh, uh manufacturing and getting it to where it needs to go That's because amazing. we don't have enough coordination at the national level. So she's working on that. Wow. And she, her company, the enough company is all about using financial markets and financial tools to improve our response to climate change. That's just, she's just, I, I, she's just she a blows person. my mind. She's yeah, just she's Laura just a, who just, who just I mean, like, she's I'm a really fix. smart person, Yeah. but she just goes and starts a company. That is yeah. like not just about making money. It's about making stuff better. And I, she is, I adore her and I'm super glad that I get to know her because of you. So yeah. 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 So stay tuned for those episodes. They'll be coming out over the next four or five weeks. In the meantime, send us your stories about how your rocket feather experiments have gone, and we might share them on a future episode. Just as a reminder, every time we have a guest, we ask the guest to, to give us an experiment or a, or, a, or a homework assignment for what you can do to improve your life. Just a little quick thing. So let us know how that's been happening for you. You can leave a voicemail on our anchor.fm website, or you can leave a comment at rocketfeather.com and email us through there. Or just message us on the socials. We are now on the tweeters. The tweeters. We're on the tweeters at at Rocketfeather. Cool. That's our that's our tweeter handle. We've got a handle. Yeah, you can also follow us on Instagram at Rocketfeather1. Or join us in our Rocket Feather Community Lab, which we love, on Facebook. If you want to continue the conversation, meet our guests, have some fun, uh, show up on Saturday morning for a live stream from the garden or some other place, depending on the weather conditions. It is now safe to unstrap and leave the rocket. Be a hunter out there. Do it. Until next time, this is Charles Matthews and Kelly Roberge wishing you a victorious journey into a win-win world. We need a trumpet fanfare. Yes, we do. We love you.